Hey everybody, episode number 31. I uh, have officially broke the 15 hour mark. <laughs> so it's, it actually, it's kind of exciting because I've got certain things that I wanted to do with what I'm doing here. And I had a lot of different, uh, different companies and stuff that I'd been talking to that said, uh, you know, once you get 15 hours of content down, give us a call. So I'm going to be making some phone calls, <laughs> but I don't know if I'll get anywhere with that as bad as I need to. I'm not going to lie to anybody. I am at a point here where I got to make some stuff happen. I've got this stuff going on with my boy. I've got this stuff going on with myself, trying to get prepared to, to have my uh, feet and ankles operated on. And I'm going to be down and out of commission for a while. And I want, I got big plans for that. I actually had an email and uh, one of my friends got a hold of me and said, so exactly what are you planning on doing for everybody? If you're going to be stuck at home in your bedroom, um, out of commission for a while. And it, the plan is, is I'm going to go really, really digital for a little bit. I'm going to kind of get into, I want to, by the time I get to that part and whatnot I'm gonna take everybody through the recovery of having that done and uh, we're gonna be doing a lot of uh, we're gonna be doing some video um, I've talked to some of the other guys that that are gonna be kind of part of that um, as far as what I got planned for physical therapy and stuff we're gonna kind of get into some of that uh, through video and and just uh, kind of get a, another first hand look at taking yourself from that situation and back to success and, and I'm going to take everybody with me with that so because I know for a fact I mean I am nervous don't let me kid you I am extremely nervous about the outcome of this surgery when we do it so something that that I was actually demonstrating for somebody last night was right now with the amount of foot drop and stuff that I have, but being paralyzed from the knees down, the way the angling is of that foot and kind of the leverage point that I have with the angle, the way it is, I can operate the pedals and stuff in my vehicles just fine. It works out great. One thing I'm a little worried about is when they take that angle and change it, and they're gonna have to change it a lot. Cause like I say, I've got three and a half inches of heel lift um in both of my feet so by the time we take out three and a half inches and we move that and pull that toe back up towards my shin and we we regain that 90 degree uh neutral position there but i'm still solid inside these braces am i going to be able to drive so that's kind of a big part of my life is being able to drive and uh, I don't want to have to resort to hand controls. Uh, it's something that with the types of things that I do, going to hand controls and whatnot, I just, I really have no interest in getting into that mode. I just, I want to be able to do it the way I've been doing it. But I'm going to have to adapt. I mean, adapting to a situation is something that I stress to everybody about. It's something that I, I really push out there. And especially when I'm talking to other people that have a disability and whatnot, 
our lives we we end up with certain things that come up in our lives that we can't do anything about it's uh it's just the way it is the one thing that we can do is we can put all the effort that we can into adapting to the way what what we've been handed there you know so like my hands for example as i've told everybody in the beginning of this i play guitar now for over 25 almost 30 years you know i've i've got almost 30 years of of time on that guitar now when this all happened to me that came to a solid end because my hands were no longer working my fingers no longer did what they needed to do i can't even to this day open my fingers all the way they open just a little bit but that guitar is a huge part of my life so i sat there and messed around with that thing for the last few years and i've adapted to a new way of playing it and it's actually working and i'm making music with it um is it everything i could do in the past when i was really really playing uh no but i will say that some of the music that i'm writing now with the new ways that i play uh even with the the limitations is just as good i actually like some of the music i'm writing now better than the music that i was writing before and i think that's a good lesson when it comes to adapting to to something that makes you happy you know you're in a situation that that like i said it's a situation that you can't help but take the right right uh steps with with the situation that you're in and you can you can make something out of it sometimes you don't know what sometimes you don't know what you're gonna create out of yourself when i was sitting in a wheelchair uh four and a half five years ago when i got out of the hospital when i was sitting in that wheelchair and trying to figure out what the heck i was going to do with my life i was back to being bummed out depressed and had no idea what life had in store for me until i managed to get back behind the wheel of a vehicle and i figured out that with my upper legs working i could regulate how much i apply pressure to the gas pedal to the brake a clutch okay i I figured out how to do that and I adapted and you know what it turned into a into a something that I could do that took me all over the country and it was something that I, I never expected to ever in my life do that you know so we just never know you know it's it, you never know until you take that step and that's that's uh, something that I really try to get out there is, is being able to adapt to the different ways of doing things and you never know what that might have in store for you it's uh it's definitely something that that uh needs to be practiced you know it's something that you never know unless you try and that's the exact situation i was in when it came from leaving sundance wyoming where i left you guys in the last episode to go into elkhorn valley rehabilitation in casper wyoming okay it was a situation there in my head i had reached the very end it was as good as it was going to get. Why am I leaving? I'm laying in Sundance thinking, why am I leaving? You know, my my family, my friends, everybody's fairly close. This is as good as I'm going to get. I'm going to be a slug in this bed and, and in, a, in a wheelchair for the rest of my life. 
So why leave the people that I love and the company that I'm kind of enjoying to have there, you know? And, uh, and when I say kind of enjoying, what I mean is I'm, I'm at that point in this whole situation where I love the company, but I also hate the fact that they have to see me in this situation. It's sad, you know, it's something that I never in my life imagined was my friends seeing me in this, this condition. So mentally I was, I was done. I was over it. And the way I felt was that that was as good as it was going to get. So why am I walking away from that? And why am I, or rolling away? (laughs) Why am I rolling away from that? to go to another town where my my friends and family aren't going to be able to stop and see me as easy as they can in Sundance. I had no no desire to do that, you know. I already came to Wyoming because I was kind of kind of bumming out that I didn't have all my people down in Colorado. And uh it uh it it, it, it hit me. You know, it was it was something that I finally got it back to where I was starting to get a little bit of interaction with my friends and stuff. And uh, now we're going to take it away again. But I, I laid there. Like I said, I laid there that, that that night and I stared out that window of that hospital and I just into the blackness of the sky and, and thought for hours. OK, what if I what if I go to Elkhorn? And even if, even if, you know, maybe if they make me good enough that I can power my own chair better, you know, if, if, if they can even just get me that or, you know, maybe, uh, something that was kind of hindering me at the time was the fact that I couldn't really feed myself. There were certain things that I could kind of, if I worked it just right and they propped my arm up right on a pillow, there were certain things I could kind of get a hold of and and get to my mouth you know as far as eating and and it was it was it was a kind of a a buster for me you know because i'm still depending on other people to feed me you know so in a way i i felt kind of like i was i was uh kind of pathetic you know i i felt bad that no matter what I do, I'm always going to have to have somebody around. I want to drink a water. I'm going to have to have somebody around. You know, it's just... So I thought to myself, you know, maybe even if I go to Elkhorn and they can teach me some some better ways of, of adapting to some of that. You know, maybe maybe we can figure something out there. And, and uh, I was like, you know what? What the heck? If, if I have... If... If... On a, on a 100% scale of recovery, so thinking, okay, 100% recovery is I am 100% back to the way I was before this happened to me. If Elkhorn can give me just 1% past where I was at this time, which was like 15% maybe, <laughs> if that, if they can get me to 16%, okay, it's a win. We, we got just a little more out of it, and it's a win, you know? But I wasn't really sure what to expect. All I knew is that this was kind of the same situation. Go to the Elkhorn, get there. If I can show some improvement, make some improvement, well, I'll get more time with them and maybe get a little more improvement. Uh, But it was all just, it was kind of a a fly by the seat of my pants uh, situation and see what happened. But I was doing it. Made the decision 
to uh, accept that with myself and we were in my mom's car and we was headed to Elkhorn Valley, Casper, Wyoming. Had I known when we got on the highway out here just outside of Sundance and we were headed towards Casper, had I known at that point in time in that car ride that this was going to be the changing point in my whole situation, I, I would have been smiling a lot more on that trip. <laughs> it just, but it was, you know, so we get to right Wyoming and my, my mom goes inside. Obviously I can't get out. She can't transfer me out. We don't even have a wheelchair with me. Okay. I'm just a slug in the front seat of her car. <laughs> and, uh, we get to write and, and it's like, I don't know. It was pretty early. I think we left Sundance at like seven o'clock in the morning, seven thirty. And, uh, so by the time we got to write, it was like, it was like nine o'clock, uh, right in there. And, uh, my mom goes into the gas station, the big D there in right Wyoming. She's going in there to grab something to drink and something to eat. Cause everybody left so early. Nobody got breakfast and stuff. And they were trying to get me up and ready at the hospital. And, and uh, we're on, on the road and everybody's a little hungry. So my mom goes in there and she grabs, grabs some snacks and stuff. And, uh, and we, uh, we're headed back down 387 headed to Midwest and, uh, the roughest highway in this whole journey. <laughs> I swear everything else being paralyzed, getting sick, having a collapsed lung, all that stuff. You know, that was, that was just stuff. Highway 387 from right Wyoming to Midwest in that condition is not a smooth road. <laughs> that was the roughest stretch of my whole journey. No, I'm just kidding. It, it really does suck though. I'm not going to kid you. That highway is a pain in the butt. But, but no, we're headed down the road. My mom's reaching over from the driver's seat, feeding me <laughs> off and on. I, uh, I felt so six months old <laughs> but it was it was something else but no we're headed there we uh, get on i-25 coming out of uh midwest and the teapot dome area there and we get on the i-25 and we're headed into casper and uh i remember we we got the directions and stuff and and we were trying to figure out where in the heck this place was and we get to casper and we're driving down the highway and we see this huge building and it was this ginormous building, just this, this, probably the biggest building in Casper. And we're like, gosh, dang, what is that place? Well, that wasn't Elkhorn. That was actually the church behind Elkhorn. <laughs> so this church was huge, but that was something in the notes was look for the big church, you know, or in the building right in front of it. And, uh, and Elkhorn, it was a pretty decent sized building too. So we find it and we pull up there. They told us, you know, pull up to the, to the, doors kind of on the back end of the side of the building and uh somebody would come out and help get me into the building so we get there and first things first i had i had a girl come out from uh from the nursing side of the facility so these facilities you know they've got the physical therapy occupational therapy speech therapy dietary they've got that side of of their operation but they also obviously have the care side of it which is the uh, patient care, so the the nursing and and you got a regular doctor that comes around and whatnot. So 
somebody comes out of the nursing side of the place and they're just kind of checking me out while I'm in the car talking to me and my mom for a little bit and uh, they're like all right well let's figure out how to get you in there we got your room ready uh, and uh, let's figure out how we're gonna get you in there and they actually brought a gal down from uh, from the gym and her name was Tanya and I'm gonna tell you we figured out that day that Tanya is a tough one she's she's only like she's only like maybe five foot two <laughs> and uh, I bet she doesn't weigh a hundred and 10 pounds 115 pounds picks me up out of the car like she's hercules or something and just takes off with me and it was just it was cool because uh i was like something like i'd said i think in some of the past episodes so a fear of mine is the way you get handled you know as far as your transfers and stuff like <clears throat> and what i mean by fear of that is like I'm used to at this time it's still in my head you know I'm used to being this 185 pound six foot guy and when some gal comes out at five foot nothing and a hundred pounds and she thinks she's just gonna pick me up and throw me into a wheelchair I'm sitting there and in the back of my head I'm laughing like yeah yeah right you know so I mean but it's it's concerning because at the same time it's like all right I'm really nervous because I know dang well it's gonna hurt like hell if I hit that concrete. <laughs> so, so yeah, but no, she comes down there and she proves her strength. She, she, uh, she, she proved her strength right there. One of one of America's toughest women. But uh, they get me into my room and stuff, and they get me down there and they get me into a bed and and same deal as as always. You know, when you go to a, a new facility, it's they got to check you out really good. And and I actually, uh, so I had to wait a few minutes. It was like probably 20, 30 minutes I was laying in there uh, waiting for um, them to come in and do the initial assessment on what my condition was, what my skin looked like, kind of where I was mentally and, uh, and physically. And just uh, do the overall thing. That way they could start making a game plan and... I actually knew at that point there my mom was she had brought in all of my stuff and uh, I I knew at that point that I was in a place that was was a little different because the routine before now Sundance excluded you know because they they're naturally all them people over there they're like family and good friends so they obviously as soon as I got there they were taking good care of me uh, the other facilities, the big facilities down in Colorado, the routine was real uh, routine for for a good word for it. It was just, it was like, a, all right, we're going to get it in this room. We're going to give them a quick look. We're going to take some pictures and stuff and uh, go on to the next patient, you know, and that's, that's how it was. And uh, Elkhorn was a little different. Like they're, they got me into a room there and that room um i had the corner room at the end of the hall right next to the nurse's station and uh that room was as soon as that staff when they started coming in to check me out and do their thing the the passion came in the room with them and that's that's something that i really had an experience before in these big facilities 
when they came into the room to figure you out, like I said, it was a routine thing. It was like a scripted procedure that that uh, was 100% professional and there was no passion with it. Um, they were good people and there was nothing wrong with them. And they, and they did a good job. But uh, they also, you can tell the difference, kind of like going to school, you know. When a teacher has 60 students in her class, there is a difference in, in the feeling with that teacher opposed to a teacher that has 10 students in her class. Okay, it's just, it's a totally different feeling. There's more of a connection, uh, a one-on-one -on -one connection with the people when, when there's a lot more passion and less routine. So, and that's what I was experiencing. As soon as they came into the room, I mean, it was, it was laughs and, and uh, real positive words. And they did their assessment, you know, and they kicked my mom out of the room and they got me naked because <laughs> obviously they got to check you out and check you for bed sores, but then they pop some pictures and stuff and it's all a liability thing. And, uh, and you know, if you got stuff like that going on, they need to know about it. But that's, that's honestly, uh, if you go into a facility that doesn't check you out head to toe, when you get there, they're not doing it right. Because I'm going to tell you what, one sore spot on your left butt cheek or the right, you pick your, you pick your cheek. But one sore could be a huge game changer for, for you. Now them sores... That, that kind of stuff, breakdown and whatnot, that stuff can uh, turn into a life-threatening thing and it can happen really fast. So it is extremely important that they do that for you. These guys come in there and they do that and they, they get me situated and they start talking to me about goals. Okay, and goals turns into a big thing at Elkhorn. This is, you know, we talked about goals before in, in the past facilities and stuff, but it was very depressing to me because we were talking about goals and it was stuff that I really wanted, but it wasn't happening. I wasn't getting the response. I wasn't getting the, uh, I wasn't getting the speed in my recovery that I was seeking in the situation that I was in. And it was driving me absolutely crazy. So we start talking about goals here at Elkhorn and I've, I've kind of got the same thing in the back of my head. You know, they're talking like, Hey, we're, we're going to try to get you out of here. There's a, the hallway down the way. When you're done with this, you're going to walk out of here. And I'm like, in the back of my head, you know, I'm smiling and kind of playing along with it. Like, yeah, you know, that's going to be great. In the back of my head, I'm just like, they uh, don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> and, and that's where I was. You know, I was just sitting there like kind of going with it. Like, oh my God, okay, these guys seem great. But they're another bunch of... Uh, therapists nurses aides nurses okay and and i was like they they just they haven't dealt with me you know they might have had success with these other people and stuff but they haven't dealt with me and the experience i had had up to that point i i really just uh i had a lot of doubt built up in me and and it was uh it was doubt that uh that wasn't wasn't helping my situation because it was 100% the wrong attitude but I did truly feel the passion in that room with me and and that did 
at the very least right off the bat that gave me a whole new sense of comfort uh, a whole new sense of comfortability uh as far as where i was and the fact that i just left all my friends three and a half hours away and i was, I was there alone you know as this was gonna be home for a little while and uh, but i felt this time i wasn't nervous i i suddenly just with the attitude and everything in that room and, and the sense of positivity i i was i was at home for a little bit and i felt good about it i i really did i felt i felt pretty secure and uh, I just, I felt like I was in good hands, you know, even if they were not going to be able to get me much further than I was, uh, cause I, like I said, you know, in that bed, I was still a limp noodle. <laughs> it just, that's how it was. My legs weren't really doing much. My hands were doing a little, my elbows were doing a little, my head, but other than that, I just didn't have anything. I, uh, when she carried me into that facility and, and got me situated, I, uh, I felt like that's, that's where it was, you know, that's, that's who I was for the rest of my life was that guy, the slug. <laughs> and it just, it, uh, it wasn't sitting real easy with me, but I did feel really good about the people that I was around. Just that little bit that I met on that first day and and uh, they were getting me all ready and they, they told me, you know, hey, you know, it's it's just about uh, it's just about time to eat, you know, and uh, if you're hungry, we can bring you some food. We're probably going to feed you for a little bit in your room, kind of let you get settled in and and whatnot. And and uh, they they were going to introduce me to to my therapy team. They had a therapy team already set up for me. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it was it was an exciting turn you know i i uh i was excited but i was also like i said i was still a little uneasy in my head with it and, but what do i got to lose you know i i'd made that conclusion with myself the night before what do i have to lose i'm gonna go to this place and we're gonna at least see what they have to offer you know and and uh but i do know that by the time it was all said and done and i was i was uh in uh in my mode to uh to be there for a while i was hungry <laughs> so they were gonna bring me down some food and stuff and i will tell you hospital food is ridiculous most of the time okay sundance over there i honestly i love the facility i love the people i even love the staff in the kitchen at that place but I have got to say, I did not like their food, which is why I found my mom buying a lot of food for me down at the grocery store and taking it up there. Just quick, quick fixes, you know, for the, for the microwave. And that's, and I was fine with that, you know, because the food that was coming out of that kitchen was nothing good for me. As a matter of fact, we even had a heart to heart, me and me and a good friend of mine that was running the kitchen at that time. We had a heart to heart on where they can make some serious improvements, but Elkhorn down here, the staff in that kitchen, God, they're awesome. They, they do good things like, and they make like these gourmet like meals and stuff. It's actually really good. Now I had, they did have a couple. Yeah, I don't think so moments, but 
most of the time the food that came out of that kitchen was pretty dang awesome they had good desserts and everything and uh yeah they got me all set up they went down to the kitchen and and they they got me set up to i didn't know what their kitchen con- consisted of you know i i I didn't realize that it was like this big full-fledged cafeteria down there and because at this point in time like I said they're feeding me in my room um, so they got the TV in there set up for me they've got a wheelchair that they wheeled down um, and uh, they just kind of made their their introduction and uh, the initial introduction I haven't got to meet a uh, therapy team yet and stuff and I haven't haven't got to uh to take those steps but there was one guy from my therapy team that did come walking into that room uh to meet me and uh he's this short stumpy dude dark hair awesome feller though his name's sapon <laughs> and and i remember i kept messing up his name right out the back because i was looking at it wrote on my board and i was like so for so for so and she kept telling me, she's like, okay, the best way to remember how to say his name is like, soup, okay, on, soup on, and uh, sapon, and uh, I was like, well, okay, well, I'll give that a try, and it came out 50 different ways until I actually got it down, but but I got it down, and sapon ended up being a a really important person in my life at that point because he came down and made an introduction and uh and just a cool guy i really i really really liked what i was seeing and i liked the the attitude and and the uh the kind of he had kind of a mysterious thing going on with himself but you know what it was what i needed everybody needs that and this guy I'll get into a little more about him in in the next episode because we're all out of time. It's uh, right at that time. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you in the next episode.